This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. I'm Nick. I love wrestling. I'm Ronnie, and I love wrestling. Joey continues to be on assignment. <laughs> I'm Steven. I continue to be here, and I hate wrestling. <laughs> you should love wrestling as a show where we try to convince Steven that he should love wrestling. You should love wrestling, WWE, cause I love wrestling, a lot of love for me. We on the podcast, Joey Cliff, Nick, and Steven, but Steven ain't wrestling, gotta make him a believer. I'm all holding out, I love Rick Flair, The Undertaker, Tombstone on the chair. So tune in every week, cause we got a new guest. You should love wrestling, cause it's the best, yes. Whenever you shop on Amazon, you can support our show by going to boardwalkaudio.com forward slash you should love wrestling. Click the support our artist button and then shop on amazon.com like you normally would. See, without Joey here, you don't go normally would. But I'm trying to find a new way to say it. So I said normally would. Yeah, that feels perfectly normal. It's worse. (laughs) Somehow worse. Guys, today's guest is a writer, actor, comedian, and you've seen him on things like Key and Peele. You've seen him on Comedy Bang Bang and all all the funny things on the internet. He's on all the funny things. That's a fact. <laughs> uh, today, welcome to the show, Ronnie Adrian. Hello, welcome. welcome. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank Thanks you for coming, <laughs> man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for matching uh, the energy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you right now, I think this might be you guys' last episode. I think I can get Steven to like this. <laughs> uh, many have been co- that confident before, but few have succeeded. <laughs> I am just going to pull back the curtain here because we're not telling people anything that they don't already know. Mm-hmm. Ronnie even did kind of ask. He was like, guys, before we started recording, it's like, so, you know, like off the record, just, you know, now that's just us. We're not recording. Let me ask Steven. Do you really hate wrestling? And he's like, yeah, I still fucking hate it. Of course I still hate it. <laughs> still hates it. With, it's, it's real. Yeah, With I saw the anger. passion in his eyes of how much he hated it. I was like, damn, okay. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Uphill battle on this one. This Always. isn't this isn't like improv jams, Ronnie, where I'm like, oh, I have like, I don't know if I love them. No, this is this but is then, different. I but hate then it. once you walk off the stage, you're like, that was the greatest moment of my life. That was so good. Like we really found something. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're really doing important work. <laughs> what an incredible callback. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's an incredible call. <laughs> it's just like it was so organic. It came up, but it I'm was beautiful. I'm so glad they suggested Falcon. <laughs> I'm so happy about that. Falcon's a great suggestion. Actually, Falcon would be a pretty good one. <laughs> okay, so Ronnie, tell us, uh, how did you get into wrestling as a kid? Uh, when did you find it? Mm-hmm. What was like a thing that got um, you there? I think... <laughs> I mean, when I was growing up, we didn't have like cable, mm-hmm. and 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 the TV that we did have was you know like the kind of old school you know whatever you find on the turn mm-hmm. on three on channels, your, yeah, the three yeah, channel thing. Yeah. And then if you could get your antenna to work, maybe you'd be able to see yep. stuff. Yeah. So I think I caught wrestling <laughs> on the on the notion of like. Um, rather like if I would go over friend's house and like somehow they would have so that we'd be able to see it or just like um, the early video games like oh, where yeah. it was like I, I think I learned a lot about wrestlers you know just from the video games like, uh, like rather like be on the Nintendo or even stuff like yeah, Wrestlemania like or Playstation and stuff like that to wow. where it was like oh okay and then that's how you know I kind of really solidify my you know my thing about wrestling and then I think um, like later on in the, like the late nineties, you know, or mm-hmm. early two thousand or whatever, when uh they started broadcasting stuff like SmackDown and Raw and stuff, and on uh, uh, on like UPN, yeah, uh, like network UPN TV, stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is when I when I really started to really catch like wrestling on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because SmackDown, oh. other than like I believe Saturday night's main event way back when it was on NBC in like the eighties, mm-hmm. WWE. 
WWF and WCW, I believe, were pretty much confined to cable, mm-hmm. and SmackDown was like their first big return to like network TV. So they were on like I mean now they're on you. They're both shows right yeah. again, but that was a big deal in like '99 when like WWE is back on WWF is back on network TV, uh-huh. and it was more widely available again. Yeah, I must have missed it because I used to, I used to have my little turn dial TV. My the knob was broken off, so I used pliers to change the channel. Oh, fun! Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like I never. I guess I never caught it when it was on network or like even knew of it that it was on network. I mean, I wasn't looking to be fair, yeah. but like, <laughs> you were avoiding it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I guess I don't know that I had such an active disdain for it uh, when I was a little, little toddler, Stephen, doing that. But still, I, I St- you were a toddler in 1999? Uh, yeah, I was, I was an 11 year old toddler. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't add up. Just going, yeah. drinking but, for my yeah, sippy some, cup and, go ahead. you know, going to doing my sixth grade classes um yeah, whatever yeah I, I missed all of that but because i i get I, I guess i now that you say it yeah saturday night main event i just thought that it was always only on cable which is also why it was a little confusing that that many people saw it to me that's kind of that's where the that's really where the vince mcmahon dick ebersole <laughs> uh uh friendship and business partnership started as we've that's now right, learned yeah. about watching the xfl Another return to yeah, you know, like like working together for ne- on network TV. That's kind of where their their whole partnership started. So, are they on network TV at all now? WWF? Yeah, no, no. no. So, if you want, both enjoy shows are WWF. now on USA. Yeah, everything else is on the WWE Network. Great. So, if you want to get it, you have to pay. Yep. Uh, tragedy. We need <laughs> to bring wrestling back to the masses, guys. <laughs> they need to make it free so you can ignore it harder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like somebody out there needs this. The right. little little Hulkamaniacs out there need it. Not me, but someone else. <laughs> so, but so going off of back back from away from that that network TV tangent, so you started playing a lot of the video games. Yeah. Now it's on free TV. You're, you're able to tune in at home uh-huh. and watch wrestling. Did, did you continue to like keep watching did you yeah i mean i did for a really long time uh or i want to say really long but i did for a very you know for a solid amount of time three hours and, yeah you know like yeah. <laughs> no. well because you started to uh you know and i think that's the one where you're like at that period i think a lot of it was like you know like the stone coals or or the undertaker who is my favorite wrestler mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Or, and then like um and the rock uh, and then even like kind of like that Goldberg period where it's like, is this dude ever going to lose? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, <laughs> right. it, it was like when you knew Goldberg was coming, it's like, oh, this dude's about to crush whoever, whoever, <laughs> like he don't, it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's such a, it's such a, I, I don't know. Like at a time I didn't think about it this way, but now as a performer, I think about it that way where it is like you, they like, they put people in these personas and yep. then they reinforce those personas with this stuff that helps those personas. So mm-hmm. somebody like Goldberg, it, it, uh, you know, like it'd be the guy that it feels like he's unstoppable. Like you can't beat him. He's yep. unbeatable. And then they reinforce that by making him unbeatable. Yeah, having, you know having him so, win like 200 and some matches, yeah, so, right? So you go like, right, yeah. Like, so if it's like, man, if he comes out, oh no, or, you know, <laughs> or, or whatever that or whatever that thing is, right? Uh-huh. And, and so it's just, I don't know. It, or like when they do make somebody lose that you know people don't want them to see them lose then you have to make them lose by cheating right yeah, right, you know? right so like so it's like oh well he didn't really lose because it's just so count. interesting how like the like that dynamic works like watching it and that's what we got to see but then also just being like oh i hope the rock comes out it was like it was that type of thing where it was like you would watch it and then you would go 
you want to see like the wrestlers that you want to see, of course. obviously. So then you're like watching, you're like, all right, cool. You watch some of these other like wrestlers who are like well, good wrestlers, but you're just like, but they don't necessarily have the the, the star backing. power. Yeah, exactly. The star power behind like that makes you really just like want to really want to see them because I don't think I'm a I don't think I was a wrestling fan for necessarily like oh man I just want to see some grapples and <laughs> I just want to see some, I, you know Gotta I just see a block good up. ring play. You know, I, it wasn't. It was like it was that. Mm-hmm. Mixed with the the like the 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 stories and the production behind like the performances and like the way like it made you feel about going and watching those things, right? Or, or, if, you're, or if like you're watching somebody like the Hardy Boys, I feel like those guys. they're still great and they're back and they're tag team champions. <laughs> delete, delete. Congratulations, Hardy. <laughs> and th- and that is something that we try to we try to break down on Stephen a lot for the show. Is it's funny? It's like you're talking about at the end of the day, it's really all about the entertainment. And who you want to see come out, what ridiculous thing Mm -hmm. you want to see happen. But the science behind the mathematics of the booking of wrestling is so ridiculous to have to get there. It's like, okay, well, Goldberg can go out, but he's obviously got to to lose dirty because this guy's got to win because he's got to cheat because he can't go over clean because we have to blah, blah, blah Mm -hmm. to protect the title and this story and that angle and this thing and those guys. Mm -hmm. So it's like it is like like this endless like Rubik's Cube of of crazy storytelling, interwoven storytelling that you have to do. And you have to get 11 things right. And sometimes they get none of them right. And the end result is a pile of shit uh-huh. <laughs> but sometimes when the end result's good and they get all the things right or even if all the wrong things happen and they get to the end of a good storyline then it's really exciting because people don't look weak the people that you want to see still are stars you yeah. still get to see them and and steven is never convinced by any of this mm-hmm. it's uh well like your your argument there was just like it's complicated so it's good and i'm like i mean i can pull out an excel sheet and figure this all out too i, I don't think say, i didn't say it's com- i didn't say sheet. that's how i do it <laughs> I, that's how i'd be booking my wrestling i matches. barely know how to use excel still to this day <laughs> i i didn't say because it's i didn't say it's complicated so it's good sure. i said it's complicated but when it's good, it can it's be good. very rewarding. Yeah. That's what I mean. I think I think I, you're believe I, me, some of this complicated shit ends up being the worst wrestling TV. Uh-huh. So that's Sometimes. fair. I think you're right on that. And I do think there there is an element of that that's interesting. I just feel like the product that all of that is packaged around is like the main or whatever the main focus is, I'm like, blah. Uh right. and I mean, it's, it's just, the same it's the same thing with like the machinations that go on behind the scenes all in order to make a good sketch show. And if you mm-hmm. pull it off at the end, you're like, whoop de fuck, we really did it. <laughs> whoop de fuck indeed. <laughs> No. It's interesting because you talk about the performance of it and like uh, I feel like all of the picks you uh, the clips you picked are very like uh, performance like you're like oh this yeah. is beyond like to me they, they all well half of them are or half of them aren't even wrestling anyway but like they're just kind of beyond that first like construct of like we are two dudes trying to prove who's stronger than the other uh-huh. uh, and I find that interesting because like I, I do see that every one of these moments is like ki- or every one of these clips is sort of a star making thing which kind of goes into real real quickly for our audience we have uh, a real smorgasbord of uh, clips today real yep. mixture of things uh, we're not doing just one match we're not doing just one person uh, this is like Ronnie's I guess in a way like what you find like all these cool performance things that you look at differently as an adult. Am I getting that kind of yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, you know what? Let's just start off with the first one. We're already 12 minutes and why not? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, so this is uh, the WWF Raw is War from 
July 16, 2001, uh, during the Monday Night Wars, the WWF invasion, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin returns to help Team WWF against WCW and ECW mm-hmm. after the Dudley Boys interfered <laughs> in a match explain. between the Brothers of Destruction, which are Kane and Undertaker, yes. versus Diamond Dallas, Dallas Page and Rhino. I almost got there. You got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's cut to a clip of that real quick. Let's do it. So, Ronnie, tell us tell us yeah. a little bit about why you picked this clip. And it sounds like this was sort of at that height at the time where, where you were watching. And I was definitely watching. Like, uh-huh. this was, this was at the time, even though they kind of botched a lot of the landing, uh-huh. this was the biggest thing that had, like, ever happened in wrestling yeah. at the time, the invasion angle. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I don't think we've, t- we've talked about it. Like, you know that WWF know. Yeah. bought out ECW and WCW. But, Ronnie, talk about why you picked this clip and, and what's special about it. Well, because it's interesting because it's that that notion of, like, because if you watch it or if, and if you're looking at the clip, it's like you get to see, like, a lot of wrestlers that you like, but you also get to see, like, <laughs> it becoming that thing where – you know, like, hey, I don't know how many people here listening do improv or whatever, but it's that thing of being like, you get to see a lot of people that you like, but you don't really get to see them do well because it's right. like, oh, yeah. you know, right? Because well, it's, like, it's like just a whole bunch of people just like hitting each other, right? And also, I'm looking at this clip, you get to see a lot of people you like, and also you're like, who... Yeah. Who was that again? Yeah. It's a sea of black shirts and pants and then occasional jorts. And 14 then- of those guys are Sean Stasiak. That's all I remember. One of them's Billy Kidman. It was just incredible. I know a couple of guys. I think Kurt Angle's in there somewhere. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. but it's like uh, just a huge like fight. Just like Mass, a huge, yeah. massive like all hands on deck fight. Now, the part that I like about it is, <laughs> is Stone Cold Steve Austin pulls up of course, like, yeah, like in the in the in the biggest truck ever, and it's like that thing of being like, "Oh, your hero has returned." Yeah, like, it's like that thing where it's 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 like that notion of like when you're watching a movie and the guy who you know should have been shot like thirty minutes into the movie has like dodged every bullet, fought right. every dude hand to hand combat, like has won the thing, and even though in your heart of hearts you're like. Every every one of these best case scenarios, like he still had, at least should have been shot once or something. Right? He's still like up. He's like whatever licking he's taking. He's like been able to kind of shrug it off and keep fighting. Yeah, it's, that's that same feeling that you get as Stone Cold like hustles to the thing, takes out every wrestler in his path, With and then goes bullshit. to the ring yeah. and then stuns like ninety guys. He's just like it's so crazy. Uh, I don't even know exactly. Like we'll we'll cut in when we cut to the clip earlier. We'll cut yeah. in like a little earlier somewhere in the fight. Can we at this very moment, Stephen, yeah. just cut to the very moment when Steve Austin? Comes comes out and just the pop that he gets at the height of like wrestling madness 2001 just the reaction It's crazy loud. Like they the audience goes nuts. Uh yeah, like it, it is it is it is funny that you say that. 
And I feel like, in a way, this is like, uh, for better or worse, this analogy, this is like their Fast and the Furious moments. Like, they, we, we've figured out what's working. Like, we're just unrelentingly going to do the whatever works. And it's Stone Cold Steve Austin delivering a million stunners in a row with like 400 people worked. on stage. Like, they just, it, yeah, they're like, it this all worked. Not worked. <laughs> it never not worked. They're going to throw him a beer when it's all done. They're like, we're just playing the hits, guys. We know. <laughs> playing the hits. <laughs> That's right. That's totally it. And it's it's a great. Yeah, I mean, it's I get it. It's a great moment. Here's the thing. This is so funny too because we talk about this like the psychology of it, or like you know, it, this is like a Superman moment. He just destroys 150 and wrestlers. Comes out just talking trash. <laughs> <laughs> He's just. <laughs> it's, it's the best. <laughs> the beefiest guy. He's got his bionic knee up. Like even Jr. is like he's talking. He's talking. <laughs> it's so it's so insane. But like, how does how does the next week continue? That's all I can think is that, like that's... after Stone Cold Steve Austin beats up 150 dudes on his own. How do they actually? How do they with a straight face have somebody face right. him the week after that? that? That is what I wanted to to apply a little bit of context of all these clips just for for the the rest the sake of the wrestling here, Stephen. So <laughs> well. uh, you know WWF bought out WCW yeah. and ECW. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. WCW and ECW created the Alliance. Mm-hmm. So the Alliance, these two companies... Which was that like Stephanie and Shane's yes. thing? Yes. Right, Stephanie great. owned ECW. Shane mm-hmm. owned WCW. Mm-hmm. Um, they formed a coalition to try and overtake and defeat Vince McMahon's WWF. So it's mm-hmm. kids versus father. Um, Tale it, as old as time. And yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, the, do- the double slam right there. What is that? Choke What's slam? That? Choke, choke slam, slam. yeah. Uh, the Brothers of Kane, Destruction. Kane and Undertaker doing the choke slam at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. again, we're just playing the hits. The hits this works. Hits. And what's cra- Here, real quick, sorry. You can keep going no, on this. But, like, what's incredible about this, too, is, like, this is just a Monday night show. This isn't a pay-per-view or anything. This was this the, is- <laughs> the go-home Monday night Raw right before Sunday's upcoming invasion. Essentially... In theory, in theory, not a great, not the best pay per view, but in theory, yeah. the biggest pay per view to have ever happened because Got it was it. going to be the Alliance versus WWF for full control of like everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. Like, I for for what this moment is like that. Feel, this feels like a WrestleMania moment. It does now. yeah. Like I don't I don't watch wrestling, but I feel like they don't do this shit but you just at on least, a random I, show. I like that you at least get the hype that this like this feels like a big. It's fucking insane. Deal. Look at these people in the ring together. It's all we got the stars. Kurt Angle and the Destruction and Stone Cold. Steve Austin in red pants. Like, this is great. <laughs> I'm glad uh, that you knew most of them. <laughs> Chris Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jericho. Is that Chris Jericho, yeah, really? Jericho. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're full yeah. of it. Red okay. Pants. Sorry, continue about so, this. Uh, just to fill context, in a little bit. Yeah. So, the, so the, the Alliance versus WWF. Um, oh, Freddie. Then they wheel out Freddie Blassie at the end. Uh, <laughs> oh, and then talk trash to him. Yeah, and they say, you're gonna die. Yeah. Mean to yell. I don't care. Like, harsh. I don't care if it's for entertainment. I feel like that's always weird to yell at old people because I feel like even they call cut or whatever, that actor had to go, they just yelled at me that I'm gonna die. And they're, <laughs> they're kind of right. <laughs> All right, so to fill this in, the Alliance is going against WWF. Austin, for weeks and weeks here, had kind of developed this like more emotional Austin that we had never seen before, mm-hmm. Stephen. So he was... Uh, he was like not really like befriending Vince McMahon, but just kind of like being nicer to him after like all of their their battles in the past. And Steve Austin, like essentially, I think he might have even been injured a little bit here and there at the time because he had a lot of injuries later mm. before he retired. Yeah, Austin um, 
wasn't wrestling that much. He was kind of just, they would cut to him like hanging out in bars, yeah. which is why he shows up with this pool cube. Like he's just yeah. like kind of down and depressed. I was busy drinking and I came out here. I decided to save Team WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like at bars. He was hanging out a lot. He was kind of bummed out. He wasn't really wrestling. He was just sort of bummed out. He was just like acting emotional. And and uh, and Vince was like, we need the old Austin back. We need you to come back and help WWF defeat the, the Alliance. So Austin, finally after weeks and weeks, decided, okay, I'm I'm going to come back. So the the alliance was was obviously the most powerful they've ever been. Even the combination of Angle and the Brothers of Destruction and all these guys couldn't apparently defeat the alliance <laughs> of two of two teams together, yeah. which is also to show you how ridiculously to the moon Steve Austin was booked at the time because like mega 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 video game boss none of that could have happened if Austin hadn't shown up and been immortal and defeated yeah. and, and stunned 20 people in a row <laughs> like all of these guys like who were working immortal. for WCW had to just be like all right, well, we're going to go out and do our best until fucking Austin shows up and then we just got to take the stunner and collect our paycheck. <laughs> take the stunner, sell it, call so it a day. So that's kind of what this was, that build-up. Steve Austin comes out and stuns everyone. The The alliance is going to be defeated at the pay-per-view. WWF's going to be on top. But then that following Sunday, six days later, Austin actually turned on Team WWF. <gasps> the alliance won at the Invasion pay-per-view. And uh, that's still what Steve Austin says is his biggest regret was turning heel at the time. Oh, that's this. That's this. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting. Wow. So you really put in a great piece of the puzzle, right? Yeah. Thank oh, you yeah. for that. Oh, well, no, I'm glad. This Sorry is... to kind of uh, hijack the the the, the, stu- the no, discussion. They needed though. that. They needed that. They needed that information. The listeners at home were going, "Yes, thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> I wasn't yes. going to enjoy this." Yeah. Uh, it, it, that's interesting too. Like this is a this is like a star making moment in a way. But I mean, Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't need this, but it does. No like reinforce the status so much of just like he's the coolest like nobody nobody could save us we need a hero moment and it's you get it i i get why this is such a cool moment for people who love steve austin wwf whatever it's he's he turns into like the savior yeah and 2001 again height of the the monday night wars are over it's still like peak popularity of wrestling like in the, yeah. that that time right before it all Kind of went down. Mm-hmm. It all kind of is what it is now. But talk a little bit about the things that, that the additional things that you like about the performance in this clip, other than Steve yeah. Austin trash talking. <laughs> well, and, but I think that's that's the thing. Like it's like all the stuff that you said is so interesting because like even like like you know like kind of knowing wrestling because obviously I'm not gonna say I know wrestling as much as like someone like Nick does, but just kind of knowing wrestling or even just like looking back on it now is interesting because like wrestling in a way is kind of like when you look at it in hindsight, it's kind of like comic books. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it is like all the storylines or and all the storylines and all the kind of like things that happen, they don't necessarily equal up in like some sort of like linear fashion. You know, like some right. stuff might line up and it might last for the entirety of someone's career, like yeah. a feud or something else. But then a lot of stuff can just kind of go by the wayside being yep. like, now nah, that didn't work. Forget it. It never happened. <laughs> yeah. We'll never mention it ever again. Let's kind of go on with this thing. So it's kind of like that thing where it is like you have the different Wolverine stories where it's like, well, Wolverine is this thing and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then that's just one kind of section of like the Wolverine story. <laughs> and you don't have to use that. That's yeah, a really that's a really funny good comparison because it, it is almost like no matter what they do, if it doesn't work, they'll just retcon it mm-hmm. just like they always do in, in uh, comic books. Yeah. <laughs> the, the amount of stuff that like WWE like 
um, you know, like, uh, um, I can't, I'm trying to figure out the word I'm looking for, but the That's amount right. of stuff that they just don't acknowledge ever have happened, yeah. or the amount of stuff that they, for the rest of that they have, they, they don't acknowledge happened before that wrestler was a part of their um, federation yeah. or whatever, yeah. is insane. Yeah. But the, 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 the stone straight face of just being like, nope. <laughs> like that they have about it it's so right. crazy you have to laugh because it's like all right man it's like i know you know but at the same time you're never gonna get it from me they're just never gonna nope. say it yeah take the credit a lot it feels like for the wrestlers or not like because like i don't know i feel like we have a lot of wrestlers coming into wwe now mm-hmm. sometimes i forget what acronym it is right uh uh, a lot of them coming in now from all over the world. Like you have your Shinsei Nakamura's and your Daniel Bryan's or Brian Daniels or whatever the fuck it is. Like you have these people uh-huh. and it is sort of, it feels like in a way, I mean, I guess I don't know because I'm not a wrestling fan. You can tell me I'm wrong. Uh, but it feels like sometimes they're just like, yeah, we found this hot young talent just out of nowhere. <laughs> Pluck, well, plucked him out of obscurity. He's like, just out of nowhere. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, a, it's interesting. He was it's the biggest thing in another continent. So <laughs> They won't... <laughs> For years and years and years, WWE has really gone out of its way, and that's especially a Vince McMahon thing, but like to really go out of its way to be like, almost like act like they're the only wrestling company in the world, or that they're the biggest wrestling company in the world, and other federations exist, but you don't really, like they just don't get named. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And over the years, as they've brought in more and more indie stars, and they've let them keep their names and they haven't rebranded them guys like Samoa Joe Mm -hmm. guys like Roderick Strong a lot of these guys have actually come through NXT guys through Shinsuke Nakamura Mm -hmm. guys who they're sort of letting come into the company and they're not giving them a new gimmick they're not changing their name they're letting them keep their international notoriety and kind of bring that with them and let them be this these characters Mm -hmm. they mention more on TV now than they probably ever did like a lot AJ Styles is another good example like AJ Styles is I mean, he spent the majority of his career right now in TNA, a company that they will not acknowledge. They will not acknowledge TNA slash Impact Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting because they're of zero threat to WWE. They're of zero threat. It's never going to be Monday Night Wars. Mm -hmm. They've tried tried. and tried. They're not going to be competition. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they won't just mention that. They've gotten like a couple of mentions on Talking Smack, which is like a very loose, unscripted show. They have started mentioning, they did mention Ring of Honor, which I was shocked by on NXT TV the other day. What a scandal. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) When they were doing a video package on Roderick Strong, they mentioned Ring of Honor. Uh, Also, a couple weeks ago, Nigel McGuinness accidentally called NXT Ring of Honor. While announcing, he was like, he's going to do a lot of great things here in Ring of Honor. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) I'm fired. Oh, Oh, no. Uh, And and a lot of times when international guys come in like Gallows and Anderson, they'll they'll say they've wrestled all around the world. Right. They spent a lot of time in Japan. They've gone everywhere and won titles everywhere they've gone. That's like usually how they do it. They did also start mentioning IWGP on TV. They have no problem mentioning New Japan's titles. Like, they'll be like, oh, he's an IWGP Intercontinental Champion. So I I don't know. It's weird the things that they pick and choose Uh and the things that they just, like, we just can't talk about. That is Very strange. That's weird. Uh, Well, let's pop over to the the next thing that Ronnie brought in. Uh, This is, uh, he wanted to share with us the song that Jimmy Hart said he was most proud of uh, since its debut of Sexy Boy in February 1992, sung by Sherry Martell early on, and then famously uh, redone by Michaels himself. Uh, He only 
ever departed from this song, occasionally with Degeneration X, mm-hmm. and that's 20 years of him playing this song. Uh, and it was co-written by Hart, Jim Johnson, and J.J. McGuire. Uh, I mean, we have to go to... J. Jonah McGuire? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Spider-Man? Mm. Uh, that's Character Man? Yeah. That's J. Jonah J- Jameson. No, but it's Toby McGuire plus J. Jonah Oh, yeah, if they had a... J. Jonah McGuire. Yeah, if yeah. Toby McGuire marries fic- his <laughs> fictional boss <laughs> from Spider-Man, and they fucking have a baby. <laughs> All right, play, play HBK's theme song. Up and down this fine. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy. So just a sexy boy. Everybody boy knows toy. HBK's theme song. Mm-hmm. Talk about what you love about Shawn Michaels theme song, Ronnie. <laughs> it's God. I mean, listen to it. It's the funniest song. But it's funny because this is like, and and some of my other clips will also like attest to why this is. Like, I'm a comedian, you know, like I or or I'm a comedian or an entertainer or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And I do all this type of stuff, and it's so hard to maintain such a um, arrogant. Yep. Compass, uh, like persona, yeah. without ever having to kind of wink and be like, "Y'all know I'm just playing this thing, right?" Like, <laughs> like as a comedian, like I can come out and be like that faux asshole, yeah. but I have to let people know that I'm being a faux asshole somehow. Otherwise, they'll just think that I'm a fucking asshole, right? Right, like, right, right. And, and so it's funny that like with a lot of these clips where you get to watch people be unabashedly arrogant. Or, or and be praised for it, you know, like because you wish as like you wish that you could be as like vocally confident as these guys are. Like I wish, right, that I could be like the guy that's like I got the moves, like, I got the stuff, you know, all that type of stuff. Like you know, what I'm saying like I drive the girls, like it's so like it, it's like it's things that it's kind of like a confidence song, like it's something that maybe yeah. if you play, you would like sing it in the shower or something and like feel good about yourself. The sexy boy. <laughs> yeah, right. like raising your self esteem up, but you would never do that in public, no. and with and, and sincere, like sincere, right? But yeah. it works in wrestling. It works in wrestling. Like right. I think that's such a. It's like I, I think it's like one of those things that you you know, like you. I don't know, like because it's because it's so. It's just weird because it is like that thing of just being like, yeah, the type of confidence that these guys exude and then double down on and then never relent from. <laughs> And then you get to see like people like love them because of that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, I don't know. Like it's one of those things where like as you know, like I said before, like a comedian, like we're all self deprecating. We all have self esteem issues. We're all like, you know, like you know, like we all have our secret insecurities and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. I'm pretty sure like these guys are human, so they also all they have that thing as well. But they would never show you that. <laughs> right? But they have to come out yeah. and play this and do that every week and be like. I got no problems. I'm, I'm the sexy boy. Yeah, I'm the sexy boy. Right. And then everyone is like, yeah, you are. Yeah, sexy boy. And everyone's like, yeah. Like, and that's such a, because like you do that thing and everyone would come out and they're just like laughing. Yep. Or, you know, or just like being like, what is this? And like making fun of you or whatever. But to do that thing and then also have everyone being like, yes, we like this cheering and clapping. Yeah. You know, like you feel invincible. <laughs> like you have to feel invincible. That's it is funny too, as you're talking about this and it's like the idea 
idea of HBK like coming out and being the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, at a wrestling event is like, we love this guy. We're going to cheer for him. If anybody did that bit, the exact same bit at like a UCB show, it would get uproarious laughter because mm. you would look so ridiculous. Yeah. It's, so it's just like, this isn't how anyone acts. <laughs> but for some reason, in wrestling, it's like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> this guy's like a real man. Yeah. Sexy yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good sexy boy. Honestly, like, I just wish there were more sexy boys out there in the world. Yeah. That's what this nation fucking needs. Yeah. Trump. You, <laughs> you guys cheering for the boy who's sexy? Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Me too. That's so interesting to me that you find, like, a... Uh, I I get it. I, I agree with everything you're saying. Like, it is hard to be a, a pompous, like, super confident character for a long time or live that, really inhabit it, uh, because there's something that is uh, hurtful about doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I don't know how else to describe it. People who aren't performers, it, it's a weird thing to feel like to be so fake and not who you are. And then also, like, put on a lot of airs of arrogance because it feels also too like we are as a as just all people. Most people, I think, are taught, like, don't flaunt like this. This, that is so <laughs> right. if yeah. like as a kid it's like go, go sh- show some fucking humility yeah. like you're fu- you know like you know that's that's a good thing to do that's much more uh honorable or something we've learned that uh-huh. so there is something that about this it's like hard to do and i admit, i agree with but i also feel like for sean michaels this is tricky i haven't seen a lot of sean michaels mic work or his like insults like the same like i've seen stone cold or the rock or you know you did see the one where you you saw a pretty lengthy one of where he imitated hogan oh yeah that's right yeah that's Mm -hmm. right yeah Yeah, that was funny and and when sean lost his smile that was his one of his more humble moments when when sean michaels lost his smile yeah all right i forgot i hate him for that uh You know, but it's it, I, I agree with that. That's interesting to see because it is hard to do. I, I feel like I feel like sometimes you say like you just said, like not every these pro- guys probably have insecurities and these things that, uh, you know, bring them down and make right. it hard to do. But I feel like it's very rare that I feel somebody who plays like this heel asshole character is actually funny or interesting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I see some of them even just last night. I was at an indie uh, wrestling show and saw somebody play a heel character. And I was like. What's the point of this? You are not endearing. You are not funny. I don't know why I would like you. Whoa! And I was, Whoa! Was, this you're shooting. I'm shooting. It was. It, it really like bummed me out to watch it because I'm like you're. You've lost. You've lost your audience, and you make it hard for everyone else around you. Wow. And I feel like I feel like I see that a fair amount in wrestling too, or maybe in it. That's just I know other people can appreciate it uh, more than I can, but I feel like I see that sometimes in wrestling too. I'm like, oh, he's just an asshole. Like, what does this do? What does this do? I guess you get the the catharsis of seeing a good guy beat him up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's but what it is. I don't know. It's just it's such a weird thing to see. I don't have as much like, oh, good job you for it. I don't know. Oh, interesting. I mean, well, and here's the thing. And I can probably say this wholeheartedly with 100% assurance. Like, most of these guys, especially a lot of these, uh, like, these older, you know, like, heyday um, you know, '90s, um, early 2000 era wrestlers. Yeah, most of them are like country, like yeah. like like country southern bred. Probably they got some weird views. Probably some kind of assholey <laughs> uh, or just sure. like real good old boys, right? Yep. And I'm pretty sure Shawn Michaels is no different. You know <laughs> right. Like Shawn Michaels is still a Texas boy, yeah. a sexy Texas boy, <laughs> exactly. a sexist boy, <laughs> yeah. a sexist boy. Probably. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of working. I mean, you're kind of worried. I mean, it's probably true. Right? 
right? So so there's there's something about that thing because it is like I would look at this guy in real life. Let's say I would look at this guy. Yep. And if I see a guy that would not necessarily walk around with a theme song, obviously immediately that dude is weird. But like a man in leather he, heart chaps. <laughs> but just some guy that like maybe has some sort of a, like like a white guy who looks you know like attractive to women. I guess he he, he has he can get like a number of women and he has that kind of arrogant attitude. HBK look- did play girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would look at I would look at this guy and I would probably hate him. Yeah, right? Right. I would be like, okay, whatever. And he also has the attitude, and you're like, whatever, right? And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it as if like I admire Shawn Michaels. He's I don't necessarily like you want like him that. as a wrestler. He's okay, yeah. But it's like, but just the. I guess I look at it and I go, I'm so self-aware. Sure. That it helps. It, it it hinders me from actually inhabiting things that I'm just like, it's it's hard for me to play to do this. Yeah, like, right. It's hard for me to do this without showing my hand on this one or having to kind of like fully commit <laughs> to this thing. I agree. And That's but, interesting. But then like, but no one's playing into it like because it isn't like if i go to a show or whatever i'm doing stuff and a lot of times it's like people that i know they know me so i could do something like this and they go like oh that's look at ronnie yeah. right? but this Ronnie's is in and out every night they're going to different cities or whatever and he's doing this thing and somehow he's built some sort of a following of people who like to see him do this yeah, yeah. and then also as it's but then also it's not one of those situations where it's like you see a guy like this so to speak and then like they get on their pedestal or whatever the thing is that they're doing and then they're like bad at it or just floating by in their thing it's like you yeah. can wrestle <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> you know, yeah so like it's like one of those things where it's like it's that notion of being like i'm this guy or i had this persona or whatever but then guess what i can also do this thing well right that then makes you go even though like he gets on my nerves or I hate this guy he's a tough opponent to be in the ring with right, you know, yeah. right? And, I don't know and I think it's That's that hand in hand part of it it's like yeah like if you get up and you get a guy who's like clearly like oh, people are like throwing the matches clearly like oh that dude's right. really overselling that chop or whatever from this weak wrestler <laughs> that's one thing but then you get to see this guy go up there and he's not banking on his pretty stuff because even with like I said Undertaker's my favorite wrestler so even like watching the Undertaker Shawn uh, Michaels match yeah. or any other type of stuff it's like that thing of being like you get to see this guy like still like go like well even though I'm the the sexy boy <laughs> like I'm going to go out there and make an effort like I'm yes. going to go out there and put it on the line and you have and that's a part of something that you have to respect because it's like I'm not just banking on the fact that my pretty persona yeah banking on that it's like I'm still going out there and kind of delivering the goods in a way and that's mm-hmm. why Michaels is the legend that he is because I mean he's not just he's not he was the guy was the full package and he and he was consistently a great wrestler and a good charismatic entertainer for years because he had the persona, he had the character, he had the charisma, but then he would also go in the, the ring and like seriously wrestle like great five-star matches from like the, the 80s all the way to when he retired in the, the late 2000s. Like it was, it was ridiculous how good and consistent the guy was still putting on five-star matches all the time because there are guys who have the character and the charisma figured out but the wrestling's like eh. mm-hmm. i mean i know the character will get you over no matter what but then there's other guys who are like amazing technicians in the ring and have zero fucking charisma and mm-hmm. people are like well i can't really care about the guy but that's why michaels had it all and actually i know you said like you think he's okay Shawn michaels is probably he's yeah. usually up in my list of like might be my favorite wrestler wow. so it goes wow I, it, it goes back and forth between like him i really love kurt angle i really love jericho mm-hmm. but 
I think it's it's usually Shawn Michaels when I really think about it. it. Seems like even, you guys got to fight. <laughs> I mean, not really. What's funny is like even even Sexy like boys got to fight. Even like even like hearing uh, the thing. I'm like, man, a lot of the wrestlers that you like have a certain like. There's a certain kind of uh, uh, style isn't the word, but there is definitely a certain like brand of wrestling that I think throughout you know that you could kind of spot in each one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it is yeah. like whether if it's like technical, like whether you like angle, whatever, uh-huh. like Jericho, it is like that kind of like. I don't know. It's like a certain kind of style of wrestling that you can identify in all three of those types. Yeah, they have some similar styles in some ways. I think that what I always liked about, especially those guys, was who who I always gravitated to the most, especially in that era, was anytime they were doing heel work, which was like Angle as a heel, The Rock as a heel, Jericho as a heel, like mm-hmm. any because because their charisma and the ridiculousness of their their character mm-hmm. stuff, their promos, their performance was so amplified to twenty one mm-hmm. through the fucking. Room. That it's like you couldn't you couldn't help but boo them and you loved every single yeah. thing that they were saying. You mm-hmm. love to just be like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> oh, it's so t- it's just so meaty. Everything that they do is so great. I mean, I think that's the th- nature of wrestling. Like, because obviously you have your apprehensions about it, Stephen, or whatever. But it's interesting because. In a way, wrestling is like any other thing where it is like, well, we're going to do this thing or we're going to do this formula or whatever, whether it be like music or whatever. Like, we're going to do this formula, but we still don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. Like, it still takes like, it's just that thing of being like the formula, whatever that thing is. Mm -hmm. And then that person that is kind of being the mouthpiece of that formula and people going like, you know what? I like this guy doing it, right? <laughs> and because you know, like m- many here. people have done it, and you know, like many people have just like failed at it, or have not been good at it, or not have been memorable at it, right? Yep. Like, and there, uh, so it is that thing of being like noticing, like who is the kind of who is the star or whatever this thing is, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just so I, I don't know, like it's so interesting because that part you can you can create whatever that thing is, but it still doesn't guarantee that the people are going to like. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. One thing I want to throw in before we before we cut to commercial break, Stephen. I know you're you're itching, you're itching. <laughs> need those sponsors. We need that Amazon <laughs> clip. But I just want to cut to this. I don't know if it's ever been a hundred percent confirmed. If it's really him singing it, I don't know if it's it's truly confirmed. But there is apparently this this demo, this scratch track version of HBK's theme song that, from what I understand, is sung by Vince McMahon himself. Some people say no, it's Jim Johnson. Uh, I think it might really be. Vince, I don't. Th- it, it could it could be just some bozo being like, oh, I do a really good impression. I don't yeah. know. Could be but, a, but, of the Nick Gliggers of the world. It could just be, <laughs> really be me. It's me. But I did email this to you, Stephen. I want you to just we'll get, we're going to cut to a quick clip of what we think is Vince McMahon initially singing the demo version of Shawn Michaels' theme song, and then we'll go to a commercial break. God, that wild saxophone. The saxophone is like out of control in this version, this demo. It's, it's got like a live feel to it, but I just, I love it because if it really is truly Vince, even if it's not, it's just funny to think of him being like, and cut. Okay, now, Sean, exactly what I just did. You come in and just do that. Good luck. Just do that. But try better. to top that. Yes, try to top that. Yeah, try to do it better. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. You won't. Yeah, you yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do better than that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So regardless, <laughs> even if it isn't Vince McMahon, I like to believe Thank you for that, that it is. Uh, well, yeah. uh, on that could laugh. Now we'll go to a commercial sexy break. clip. Hey, I'm, I'm Ben. Joe Bayer. 
I'm Ben. I'm Jeff. Uh, no, I'm... I'm <sighs> ben, just, just do, do it. The, just do okay, the I'm, thing. Sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, hey, this is Ben, Jeff, and Thayer, and we host a podcast called Convince Me, where we have guests on to try to convince us to get on board with their unique obsessions. Check out our I'm podcast. Thayer. It's called Convince Me. I'm Jeff. And we're back. Yes. Uh, I'm still laughing about Vince McMahon. <laughs> uh, he is a, I'm a sexy adult man. I man. I should change the lyrics to make it about, I'm an attractive guy. Let me, let me give this a whole punch up. Uh, <laughs> Vince, I think we're set on sexy. Hold uh, on a second. Hold uh, on. Jim just... Johnson, get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Teddy Hart, you got any ideas? Throw them out. Throw them out. <laughs> All right. So the next clip, uh, this is uh, Ric Flair's What Dreams Are Made of speech. Yep. Uh, this is a 1985 promo where Ric Flair is addressing Buddy Landell, a rival wrestler. Yes. Uh, and he really lets him know who he's dealing with. Let's, let's go to a quick clip of that. Now, Buddy Landell. It's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, Son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! I sent the full context of the clip, and if you want to watch this online, boardalkaudio.com forward slash you should love wrestling, you can see this thing. Uh, yeah, Ric Flair is really just uh, doing a great promo, feels very loose, improv- improvisational. Uh, it's such an interesting clip. Ronnie, why'd you pick it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> once again, I think, I don't know, I don't know if your uh, your audience knows this, but I am black. Uh, mm-hmm. I am a black male. <gasps> and I think it is very... What? <laughs> I hope somebody just went, <gasps> no. <laughs> and I think it's that the type of uh, um, braggadocious like confidence <laughs> speaks to me as someone who likes things like rap uh-huh, and uh-huh. other things where like stuff like that is very prevalent and like mainstream like radio rap at least you know where it is like or even just the the, the notion of hip-hop you know like in general where it is like that kind of like my crew is better than your crew yeah my, my style is better than your style i had this type of thing it's like that attitude uh <laughs> i don't know because it, it's such a like i said before it's kind of the, st- the same thing about about sexy boy where it is like like this type of thing the braggadociousness yeah, yeah, yeah like the the braggadocious like the like the, the the type of like talking about all the things that you got and what makes you so good and like the money that you have or whatever right. it's such a like taboo sort of thing in like any type of regular fashion yeah that like to kind of do that thing in a way and then i don't know once again because if you hear it it's like He's loved for it. Like people start yeah. when he's bringing it up. The like, ladies are loving him. The too. ladies are loving it. Okay. Like that that slight woo in the middle. <laughs> like where he just like slide it in. Like he just like where he's like, oh, I'm feeling it now. Like it, like it's getting electric now. Like it's just so funny. Now don't get me wrong. A lot of the stuff is like things. It's it's also funny because it's like 
<laughs> I, I'm having a hard time keeping these gators down or whatever. Right. He said. Hard like, time holding these alligators down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's the type of thing where I'm still like, all right, like I would, like I get what that is, but it's and so, but it's funny because it's like that's another thing that I relate to per se, but I relate to what the notion of it means. Right. right? Well, and I love the line of the I've spent more money on spilled, spilled liquor. liquor. Yeah, on spilled you ever liquor. Had liquor. But you are like, <laughs> like, oh my God. like. Honestly, this clip, and like I said, because, you know, this is like 1985. Uh, if I was born then, I was barely born. Right. And like, um, so like, it wasn't like I got to see something like this live. Like, but a lot of, you know, like, but a lot of this kind of stuff is like that thing where like, I've heard this clip on so many like, uh, like, uh, raps, like rap intros. Yeah. And like, or like rap middle bits or like rap where it is like something like, I spent more money <laughs> on spilt liquor or just like that type of style whether it be like him or like macho man yeah, or yeah. like all those other type of things where it is like you get to see these guys go on these tangents about like how great they are how cool their life and they were are. the most insane all those guys <laughs> yeah, yeah, too yeah and they yeah. all they're all they're all insane they are all insane but and, i want to really emphasize <laughs> and it wasn't all of the scripted like the hard scripted stuff that we get now which is why those promos were so good it's like look dude we, we know you're good go out there hit the beats say the things you need to say and then just have at it uh-huh. and that's why these guys like create these legendary promos because they're able to go out there and just talk about whatever the fuck they want yeah. and be crazy it's, this has this this has one of my favorite moments of any clips i've ever seen uh there's like a thing they've clearly orchestrated some sort of call and response thing for rick flair he says something the latest go like rick flair right mm-hmm. uh and they they do it like once or twice at the top and then like the third time they uh they do it he says something that triggers them but he didn't really want Want them to do it. He's like, "All right, ladies, shut the fuck up." Like, he, he like turns on him so quick, and I feel like if I was in that audience, I'd be like, "I mean, you asked me to do this, man. Like, fuck you." But man, it works. Like, he's so good. At Something it. I noticed in, in the, and I had never noticed this because I'd seen this one before, but I'd never noticed it really. I never like watched it in detail, and I noticed that some people in the YouTube comments on this were calling it out that. It's something that apparently got past the censors at the 221 mark. And we'll play this and maybe even slow it down if we have to. Apparently at the 221 mark, (laughs) one of the women shouts out, come in my pussy. (laughs) And apparently that this made TV. So if you can please, if you can please go to... (laughs) If you could please go to 221 and play it for the listeners, Stephen... It's it's her words, not ours. Oh, okay, Let's okay. see if we can really hear this this detail. Of them all, it costs a lot of money to bring. Okay, yeah. I, I think I, I think it's I think it's. I feel like that sounds like I I you know what I hear in that one. It could be coming my pussy for sure. <laughs> but but then there's like another woman that like chuckles with it. He's like, oh Karen. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I hear it. I, I don't I say that. Come in my pussy too, but I wouldn't yell that. I wouldn't at yell him. it. Lady, like I thought I heard like Ted DiBiase. That's not, that's not what she said. <laughs> I, I swear to God, that's what I thought. He's I not heard. even there. Okay, great. I, she, I don't. You're right. It's definitely coming, my pussy. There Let's you go. keep that lore alive. <laughs> Rick yeah. Flair, the man who's styling and profiling <laughs> and whatever the fuck uh-huh. else, so much that women scream at him. Wow! And once again, like I, I want to point that. this out. It's like once again, the persona of Rick Flair is kind of like uh, you know you. I, I like it just in the sense of just being like. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, you know, like the guy who, you know, you see like private jetting around, jet set, and he's like that cool James Bondian type, but he's a wrestler, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, whatever that thing is, right? Um, but not necessarily one of my favorite wrestlers, but like entertaining us as being like, I'm not mad if I see him on screen. Oh, like, yeah. I'm not mad if I see him grab a mic. Like, I'm like, oh, he's about to get in somebody's ass with this one. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's that thing of being like what uh, Nick was talking about earlier, where it is like, you know, he didn't have to be scripted because he had it. Somebody mm-hmm. like The Rock has it. Somebody, yeah. you know, so it's like, yeah. it's like they know what their game is. So it's like, just give me the framework and then let me make the game moves, right? Yeah. Like, Rock, The Rock can't do anything wrong on the microphone. No. <laughs> like, he's no, so he's, fucking he's good. He's untouchable. Mm-hmm. There, there is something that's interesting about that, and I think I think the same thing happens uh, with improv or comedy in a way. There's a certain thing that like builds up, part mystique, part like they're good at it, and then part like confidence. Where you just watch it, it's like this self perpetuating thing that people just get so good like they can't fail and i think the rock when you watch him do promos we saw him do a thing live and it wasn't even really a promo it's just like trying to get the audience to like listen so he could film something for the movie or whatever was it the uh was it the stuff where he was going to different boston landmarks no 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 oh that that was great too Stuck but i'm a talking feather about up his ass and called him a jabroni yeah mm-hmm. called him a jabroni. <laughs> incredible incredible it's incredible it is. no i meant i meant the was it the raw we saw like even that, oh, we yeah, saw him. Saw the, we saw the raw, and he's live just a like a few he, months ago uh, when they were. He came out and like did stuff yeah. just for the live audience at the yeah. Staples Center. At the oh, Staples really? Center, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just like it was just him on the mic. They were like filming like audience reactions for a movie or something. Yeah, that I hadn't seen producing. him live in years. He called CM Punk. He called CM ring, Punk in the ring on the phone. Mm-hmm. It was very so, controversial. And again, it was just that thing where it's like he knows what the fuck he's doing, and yep. like literally every beat that he was trying to hit worked. It was a home run every time, and mm-hmm. it's part just his reputation part how yep. good he is and just part like pure confidence making every fucking thing work you're like yeah this guy cannot be stopped like nobody well, could try to tame him there's we no did way mention this on the episode that we talked about this raw but just yeah. to let you know ronnie we were he even came out like pre-show like before they really started raw because yeah he was like he came out and cut like a little mini promo and was like ah we're gonna be filming a movie stuff audience reactions we need you guys to stick around after the show so he came out like before raw even started yeah. his we were all like a bunch of us went to the snack bar to get like everybody was getting not chosen beer and shit like oh it's gonna be a long raw the rocks theme song hit in the arena i've yeah. never seen so many grown men in my life drop everything <laughs> also, all their shit and go yeah fuck it's the rock <laughs> everybody ran into the fucking like arena it was like come on come on it's my ticket let me in, let me, let me in. like and everybody grown men piled in fat men confused girlfriends getting pulled along <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like, like it was a it was the a power flood. that guy has <laughs> the rock theme song. and he's not even doing anything yeah. like, all he needed to do was show up and be like Burp, and people were yeah. like we gotta get in the arena yeah right now. my fucking god the rock's here it was All crazy. Right. Yeah, that's what it's like when Ronnie goes into UCB uh, Sunset. <laughs> well, yeah. we know that. Oh, yeah. oh Ronnie's here. Let's, fa- let's file out of the theater. People, people are always trampled. People are always screaming, come in my pussy. Yeah, Every time sometimes. the dragons are up. Yeah, yeah that happens sometimes. That happens sometimes. Oh, man. Uh, I can't I mean, believe that. But it's interesting just to, uh, you know, just to like kind of that thing of being like pointing it out because if you watch enough of these clips, whether it be like The Rock or whether it be like Ric Flair or any of these guys, like, you know, you get to see them kind of going like script as usual like in a sense of being like oh like I know I know what my persona is so I know what kind of like the things to say but then you get to have those moments if you watch enough where you'll see the interjection 
or you'll see something by the audience and you get to see them kind of incorporate that thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like even with like Ric Flair, there was one I was watching earlier where and like he was like talking about something and he was like the same kind of thing where it is like, I'm this and you know, like and I got this and I you know, my suits are this tailored or whatever, all this type of <laughs> stuff, right? And he's like talking about like how he's gonna beat somebody's ass or something. And then like at some point, uh one of the girls in the audience like said something and it necessarily wasn't like, Fuck you, Rick, it wasn't it was just yeah. like, Oh, like make some sort of a sound that you know could have been for either thing and he was like you better calm down sweetie or you are getting line or some shit like that and the audience was like <laughs> like you could tell that was like yep. him putting this woman in her place uh-huh. <laughs> right? but you could tell it was like that's not everybody it's in the same thing once again that's I was watching so another funny. rock clip and the, the rock came out and did something and like he was coming out to talk and this was like one of the times I think it was like after they had booed the rock about something he was coming out he was talking about like how he had like beat everybody he had nothing else. He hadn't beat Goldberg yet, yeah. but he was trying to acknowledge the fact like he didn't even recognize Goldberg as being like playing. So everyone started chanting Goldberg. Uh-huh. So The Rock, in great fashion, was like, he was like, yeah, you guys are booing, whatever. They kept saying Goldberg. He was trying to talk. And then he goes, okay, it's cool that you know her. Okay, I think you, I, okay, I know you guys think that you're cool because you know my, uh, my, uh, my accountant, Ira Goldberg, <laughs> or whatever this thing was. And I was like, oh my God. That was The Rock improvising on his feet to this audience. So it's like, I don't have to acknowledge what you're saying just yet. It's like an improv That's move great. to kind of keep that game yeah. afloat. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't have to acknowledge what y'all are saying so I can keep going my thing. <laughs> and then so when Goldberg comes out, it's like him going like, oh, that Goldberg? Like, it's so, <laughs> so crazy. Funny. It's so funny. But it's so funny because you get to see these guys who are good then get to see them like why they're good because they get to like kind of improvise on their feet and, and it's feet, still right. good and it's still like good quality entertainment. Right. Yeah. As long as you, as so long incredible. as the people know who their characters are and what their objective is to do out there just you know let them roll with it you know it's uh it's a simple formula it is it's a thing that shits gets me upset about some of the current connecticut assholes all right so let's pop over to our final clip yeah and this Uh, is one that we've already we've we've talked about on the show in the past so we're not going to spend as much time on it so that's fine we're still going to talk about it and this is also probably the most i suppose the most wrestling clip in a way yes Mm -hmm. this is uh so this is a clip we visited in episode 20 with matt mccarthy referred to by the former off the record host michael landsberg as maybe the most famous match ever it's the Hell in the Cell from the King of the Ring 1998 featuring Mankind facing off against The Undertaker. The match was most famous for two bumps. One where The Undertaker threw Mankind off the nearly 20-foot tall cell into the announce table. And another unplanned spot where The Undertaker threw Mankind through the cell and into the ring. The injuries uh, Mankind suffered from this match included a concussion, internal bleeding, a dislocated jaw, a dislocated shoulder, and he lost anywhere from one and a half to three teeth. Plus depending. he had a bunch of thumbtacks in his back. And a uh, you know, just a handful of thumbtacks. Fun. Yeah. Great. Uh, so it's a, this is a really uh, insane thing. We've talked about it before. You're really the most famous and, in, and infamous match in a way mm-hmm. ever. It's, it's, it's both. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this, this, is, this is interesting because on your themes, I feel like I get it. Ronnie, can you tie this together into your theme of like performance? Because this, I'm just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, this is madness. <laughs> okay. So obviously, if you want to... It was just entertaining enough to just watch people talk into a microphone. Uh-huh. You would go like, oh, okay. Like, you would figure out an easier formula than just then having to watch grown men, like, beat each other up, right? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they go hand in hand. And, you know, we all know The Undertaker, like I said. And, yeah. obviously, even though I've championed a lot of the more braggadocious, charismatic um, um, 
wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Undertaker's my favorite wrestler, and obviously he's far from that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, very much. It's a different type. Yeah, of, he's a different. Yeah. yeah, he's a different type of like he he like he, you know when he talked, you're you're not like oh he's about to like you're like oh this <laughs> it, this feels a certain way. Like, yeah. This Here comes dark. the fire from Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody's ever said. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, but it's like so it's like that thing or whatever. You know, like so this is the other part. This is like the part of wrestling that. You, you you know like obviously like you can watch wrestling and you know as like an adult looking for it you go like oh okay you see like the the let ups on the on the punches mm-hmm. or you know like the chest slaps or whatever or the grappling or all that type of stuff where it's like oh, okay like you see the the art of wrestling yep. and those kind of things right right but with something like this it's one of those moments where you have to acknowledge like the uh, the other side of wrestling where it is like rather if it's like rather if this is all staged and planned or not it still is very tough on the body like oh it still God, is yeah. very hard on like it still causes real injuries and it still causes real pain uh-huh. and it still is like a thing where it is like yeah at the end of the day like you like they might not hate each other as much as they you think they do and yeah at the end of the day he might not have like you know you, you know it might not follow through as it is like perceived script wise mm-hmm. yeah. but it still is like you know no one's walking away getting up and be like ah oh, well another great fake match <laughs> All right, time to go run some. La- it's like no love for seeing that. Going yeah. to like the hospital, putting ice in the thing. I'm gonna do some lunges. You, you know off. what I'm saying? Like yeah. these stuff is still like that art of that thing. Rather if it is like something like this one, or like guys flipping off, you know, like the the turnbuckle and like creating these kind of things, or flipping off ladders, or doing all this yeah. type of stuff. It's like all that stuff is like an art that you have to do you know that you know you're not only hurting yourself a lot of the times if you do it wrong you can hurt somebody else so like it's like a lot of people are like putting their kind of thing on the line i i look at wrestling like i thought about it like there's a lot of people you know like i said where it is like you know in a lot of neighborhoods especially where i grew up it's that idea of being like a lot of people, if you want to make it out of like your situation, whether it be like ghetto, you know, like people who don't have money. That Where are you from, Ronnie? I'm I'm originally from South Carolina. Got it. So it is like that kind of like thing where it is like, yeah, like you have to do something rather, you know, like entertainment or you rap, or you play sports. Uh-huh, yeah. And I think of wrestling as like, that's the white man's version, <laughs> like, um, way out of that's whatever this is. Right? white like, man's way you out. You know, like, so you're, you're like a lot of these guys, because if you look at a lot of these guys, like, a lot of these guys aren't <laughs> like, well, so-and-so was born super rich and then he decided to, it's like a lot of these guys right. like, I was a forklift driver and I moved crates and stuff and then you know what all this type well, of stuff. Well, especially back in the way it was in like the territory days. Like, I see mm-hmm. what you're saying. It was like, it was a lot of like, good old boy farm dude from the yeah. south that's why the southern wrestling was so big mm-hmm. right yeah okay. so it's like a lot of those guys who was like so so could you go like if they could do anything else they probably would right you know like because <laughs> you know like you know like you got a lot of these guys it's like yeah i can conduct concussions you know i'm on the road x amount of amount times a year yeah. how hard it is having to keep up with the training all the time you're always hurt you're always doing this thing but you're doing it because it's like this is all i know how to do yeah right, right? you know like and i enjoy doing it but 
at the same time, if you take it away, I wouldn't know what else to do. Right. Right. And, I, and, so, and so I think it's interesting because obviously there are other people of color in wrestling, but it's that thing, but it's still that thing of just being not like. Not a ton. <laughs> not, <laughs> no. Not a ton. But I think there's more. Well, I think there was more, you know, during that late 90s, yeah. early 2000s, mid 2000s push. And I don't necessarily know exactly much about as wrestling as much now. It's but, certainly opened up yeah, to, that's true. to a very. It's, it's much more worldly than it's like it's ever been, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Sure. Yeah. So, so it is that thing. But I, because you would even say like, no matter what you think, like wrestling fans are, even in a kind of southern attitude, or whatever, or the type of people where if you met somebody, some of these, a lot of these wrestling fans on the street, like let's say me for the example, like you know they probably have a very. Hmm, Racist attitude isn't the word I'm looking for, <laughs> but if you know, like, if you push their buttons the wrong way, you know, a thing might slip out to kind of show some of their prejudices about other people, right? Uh-huh. But it's that interesting because, but then, like, you do watch something like uh, one of these things, and like that same person, you see them go like go to a wrestling match and cheer for somebody like Goldberg, who mm-hmm. is Jewish, and they might not like Jewish people, right? Or cheer about like The Rock, who is a you know like Samoan. Yeah. Like, like what's it called? Like these people, or Charles Henry, or somebody, or a, a Booker T, or somebody, and being like, "All right, like I'll cheer for this," you know, like you know, like that, and, and it kind of ascends whatever that thing is, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, to get back to your point about this thing, I think I feel like I just went on a huge tangent. No, but it's it like, good. but that's the thing <laughs> of seeing, like, you get to see like the art of uh, of wrestling because uh-huh. that's a tough match. Like, yeah. even though, oh, like, yeah. I, I would say, like, even though. You know, Mick Foley isn't probably necessarily one of my favorite wrestlers. He's like a wrestler that I love watching get wrestled to by wrestlers that I do like. <laughs> well, yeah, especially because back in this era, he was fucking bananas. He was bananas. Yeah. Like even about this match, like uh, like um, um, like when I was reading up on it or whatever, it was the notion of just being like what he said, where like you guys did say the idea of being like uh, uh, when like uh, when they were coming up with kind of like ideas or something they could do for this Mm -hmm. um he came he he was telling people he was like yo i think i can like be thrown (laughs) off off the top top, you know and then like even when i can undertaker undertaker was like yo mick do you want to (laughs) die like do you want to are you sure i'll kill you that's fine (laughs) and then that thing that uh, you know like uh, you know the unplanned thrown through the thing but even the thumbtacks was something that he did on his own like sure sean uh vince mcmahon he was like vince mcmahon didn't want that type of thing in the ring or whatever but he said I'm gonna just do it and ask uh, and ask for forgiveness later, like yeah, you know, yeah. after the fact. Like it's like somebody that's that dedicated to that thing, right? Where he's always like, not even just in this match, but always like losing a tooth, yeah, cracking a rib, or like breaking something, or like internal bleeding, or like getting a concussion and all this type of stuff. Especially Mick Foley, like I would argue that he's probably one of the tougher dudes in wrestling. Like he's one of the toughest dudes, undoubtedly. In like and he's one of the toughest people fucking ever mm-hmm. yeah exactly because it's crazy yeah, and, and exactly so it's like these are the guys that's like that dude isn't running a fortune 500 company right? yeah. like his job is like I'm gonna beat myself up and then hope I live and then yeah. if I'm older so I can make a little bit of money yeah exactly right yeah. like you know like even <laughs> even like a, there's a thing where I and I can't necessarily remember exactly maybe Nick knows it where like he on um, one of those pay-per-views where he fought The Rock 
and it's and it's known infamously because the chair shots. Yeah, because the rock went a little bit overboard. How many times he hit it with a chair? He hit this dude with a chair like ten times. Yep. To the point where like he was beating this dude's ass so bad that Mick Foley's who was sitting in the front, his family, yeah, like left, like got out of the thing and had to like get away from that thing because it's like they couldn't just continue to watch. Right. <laughs> We've talked about that on, on this show, like because we had like we said with Matt McCarthy episode. We watched this match, <laughs> and then you'd think that th- this is this is the Christ. summer of '98. You'd think. <clears throat> That would be enough. Mm-hmm. That would be enough for this guy to stop. But no, no, it wasn't. Mick Foley had to just keep escalating. And yeah, The Rock was getting a little chair happy that mm-hmm. night, too. And that was, we've had that one that was yeah. uh, Cameron Rice's yeah. first episode. That's right. Royal Rumble 1999. Mm. The Rock just unleashed like 11 chair shots on Mick Foley's head. And that's oh when his family was like, you can't <laughs> keep doing yeah. this. Uh, you are insane. <laughs> Real quick, I did the math. Uh, Mick yep. Foley got jumping off the cell on impact. He was going 24.25 miles per hour. <laughs> would you figure that out uh just velocity as in do you really it's a formula you think math <laughs> is gonna work for this dude yeah i i just think that's crazy yeah okay. that's incredibly fast imagine imagine getting hit by a car going 25 miles per hour that would suck nobody would do I, that i guess this i could believe guy. that he was falling about that fast you maybe go faster and faster every maybe. Uh, time you go, every second you go down it's insane anyway i mean uh, look, again there's no way to confirm math there is There's no. zero way to Listen, confirm math. Listen, math has not be con- been confirmed. It's never yet. been confirmed. <laughs> False okay. math. Fair enough. Um, yeah, this is, this, it is, I think you're right. Ultimately, what you're talking about, are like, I think, or like kind of what I'm getting from this is like, these guys do sort of earn their keep or like earn that respect in a way or like kind of go out there and give it their all. And I, I, I said it before when we watched this clip, clip originally and I kind of stand by it is like, yeah, you know what? You're never going to hear me say uh that Mick Foley didn't really work his ass off to <laughs> perform. You're never gonna hear me say that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that he should have done this. Uh but But it certainly he, created the stuff of legends. I mean yeah, he for did better it. Or worse. Yeah. yeah. It's like you don't know if it's like that thing of just being like, well, if you're going to do something, why not do it to the best of your ability? Right? For sure. Like, and obviously, it's like, if I'm in this thing, I'm choosing to be in this sport. So it's like, I got to do what it takes to kind of like, you know, you know, do my job, so to speak. Yeah. And my job is wrestler. And part of being a wrestler isn't just wrestling. Part of, or, you know, or isn't just the kind of grappling and like, you know, whatever kind of thing it is. It's right. like, it's like the ability to kind of like sell it, but then also also the ability to kind of like do the things that are going to keep the audience entertained and be able to consistently kind of bring that thing every time you step out there right Right. and and so like so even going back to a lot of the other people that i named it's like yeah like if you're rick flair or any of these guys it doesn't matter how much shit you talk if then after that every time you go into the ring you get your ass beat Mm -hmm. or like every time you go into the ring like it's clear that that you've been written to win so you're kind of just phoning it in yeah like these guys would go out there and talk the shit but then guess what they would follow through with that thing with like the deform- the performances that it deliver, yep. and that's what necessarily like keeps people liking these guys. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah. you know, and I and so like to even bring this back around is the idea of being like, I like the wrestling because. I mean, I liked it as a kid, you know, probably differently for different reasons now that I like it more as an adult Mm -hmm. is because like as a performer, as someone who does like work in the entertainment industry, it is the idea of being like you get to see all the elements of what makes the show of wrestling great. It's like that thing of being like, you know, like it's like 
you know, the 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 writing, so to speak, or whatever, right? Or at least necessarily like the outlines or whatever the writing is going to be. And it's not yeah. always going to be great. It's not always going to be good. Oh, no. Not always Especially going to be good storylines or whatever. <laughs> um, but it's that, it's that, but with also with the audience knowing me and like, oh, okay, there might be timelines and sort of things that we just have to kind of forget to happen, mm-hmm. you know, to really kind of get back into this thing. Yeah. But then it's also that thing of being like, you get to have your heroes, you get to have your heels, you get to have your classic matches, you get to have, you know, like you get to have all these type of things that are entertaining. And in a way, it's the same thing where like if you're doing like improv or stand up mm-hmm. or any type of stuff where it is like, yeah, you go out there and you. <laughs> well, it's funny because after even just saying a lot, I was like, all right, they're still very different. Because like, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, I, I mean, I've got hurt playing it. I've got hurt doing improv, but it's like, but <laughs> not that hurt. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't have, a, you know, a <laughs> dislocated it, shoulder. But it is. It's performance. Performances and it's, and it's that storytelling that ties all of the nonsense in between together. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's kind of the same thing of improv. It's like you've got all these different things and you want to create a scene, but so you have to tell a story mm-hmm. that ties all of the things that are happening together. And I mean, that's kind of like wrestling. Well, it's like all the matches are tied together by all of these mm-hmm. these character things that they do and you have to and you have to know how to make it because even in a thing like uh the hell in a cell match like there's a moment where like let's say like an improv sometimes you have to do something and then in order to necessarily keep that game afloat as the other person kind of receiving whatever this thing is you in real life you probably would go like that's crazy i don't accept this Mm -hmm. blah 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 whatever and you kind of then it kind of stops you from having to be able to kind of do the fun thing of the scene that people want to see right right and the same thing goes with like wrestling where it is like there's a moment where the undertaker is climbing up the cage now the undertaker is climbing up the cage and he's a big guy oh yeah so he's not being very nimble about this and it looks like he's like can you do this undertaker can you mm-hmm. climb the thing yeah so at a certain point where he's like grabbing the top and like mick foley is like punching him so to speak and the undertaker looks like he almost slips a little bit oh yeah right and it's like so like it's that thing of being like oh okay like i gotta oh i gotta kind of help this yeah, guy but Mick then Foley like holds on thing. to him yeah. a little bit and yeah. like yeah. so it's this thing yeah. where it's like you like oh okay like i have to because you would go like if this is real life or this is like some sort of a real kind of like mma-esque version of like wrestling where it's like yeah, i'm doing this thing mm-hmm. it's like i'm gonna kick this guy off the cage and be like let him get I, hurt and then I, go ahead and beat his ass or whatever i'm gonna win instantly <laughs> yeah you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's like with this one it's like no there's a show to this so I have to do this thing in a way where audience does, it doesn't tip my hand that hey like this is the thing but also to a way where it's like I gotta help this guy get up here so we can then do the fun thing right yeah, like, well, unthinkable well yeah, even exactly. further than that like that when this uh, this last point and then we should probably tie it all together like Nick yep. was saying and, and, and Wraith all this stuff but there's a moment where when he falls through the cell uh, this is this is when uh, what you can do maybe what you should should do is go yeah yeah we're gonna stop the match oh sure sure but instead what happens well, is somebody his... stop the damn match <laughs> <laughs> yeah please please for love of god but then somebody comes out who was it who comes out and like starts fighting terry funk terry funk right like mm-hmm. terry funk comes out and like helps kind of what well, helps kind of distract for a moment and so they can choke slam anyway. 
of his so shoes. So he can get choke slammed out of his shoes. Terry Funk's not supposed to be in this match, but that's a great, like, an improv or, like, it's a support move to yeah. keep everything going so we can kind of, like, Mick Foley, you got to finish this match, man. Like, just pin him. And Mick Foley's like, no, I'm well, fine. Also, he's you know? out there to legitimately check on his friend Mick right. Foley, who even JR, always filling in that story because JR is the best. Yes. He's like, he's talking about how, I, I know they've been rivals lately, but there's still got to be some kind of bond there. Right. You know, he's like, he's still always telling the fucking story. It's an, it's an incredible act of teamwork from that moment. It and is. He, just everybody, like, to pull that off, that's incredible. I still think, just shut the show done. down. Yeah, you know what, guys? We're going to take a, we're gonna take a 15-minute breather. Uh, it's going to be a real great <laughs> match right after this. Uh, everybody want to get some popcorn sodas? That's on us. Yeah. I think wrestling fans, Stephen, I think any human being would agree that he shouldn't have technically done it. No. But we're just happy that he did. Yeah. I mean, oh, I guess God. that makes us sick people. But mm-hmm. we're it's happy true. That he I mean, did. it's like if someone's gonna do out there and put their body and uh, or and life maybe <laughs> on the line, then it's like or and willingly like I'm gonna do this thing. Yeah. And it's like okay then. We want to see you do it. Do we want to see you really Jesus do it. Christ. And Monsters. Vince McMahon did thank him. He was like, thank you for everything you did tonight for yeah. this company. Like, he thanked him. It's yeah. like, he's, that, he, this is going to be talked about forever. Vince McMahon is forever indebted to McFoley. All right, so he's let's a, go. attractive guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a sexy, no, attractive man. Uh, beefcake. Uh, here we go. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead. I mean, how do we want to rate this? We want to rate individual clips? Or what do you want to do, Nick? What are you thinking? I don't, I don't know. I guess we could. We need to kind of wrap it up. We with need to wrap it up. Rate them overall. Let's just do them overall. Okay. So these four scatter. I know because it's tough because we usually can tough. rate the store. Uh, we'll just it rate is them tough. all. We'll ra- okay. We're gonna rate each one. No, we'll rate them all together. Uh, I'll rate them all together. Okay. Um, Nick, do you want to start us off? There's nothing wrong with any of these clips. These are all There's great clips. They're five out of five. No, they are. <laughs> they're, they're five out of five flat. I'm going on the line. It's like Stone Cold beats the shit out of the Alliance, stuns everyone. That's a ten out of five. Yeah. Fucking Shawn Michaels theme song is a classic. One of the most well-known ever. Yeah. It's five out of five. Yeah. Ric Flair is the promo master. He's a legend. Five out of five. The Taker versus Mankind match is one of the greatest things that ever happened. Five out of five. What it's do you true. want, Stephen? These are all fives. That's you're right. Okay, five. fine. I'm five, not. Five, five, I'm five, not five. mad five, at you. Five. <laughs> five. Oh, you're so angry. <laughs> do you get fives? Every time? No, no. not at all. Um, not at all. But I mean, these no. are all like these are all great, legit good clips. Mm-hmm. These are all classics. Mm-hmm. Five. Uh, Ronnie, what are you thinking? I mean, you picked all all these. You probably give them all fives. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I truly do enjoy them. Yeah, so they're fives all, all over right, the board go. for me. <laughs> It's fives. All right, fair enough. We're at a ten. Right now, we're at a forty out of ten because that's fives and fives. So I don't under. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, math. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go ahead and check the formulas on that, kids. Okay, great. So starts with the Stone Cold thing. You know what? I get it. He looks. He's (laughs) awesome in that, and it's uh, it's a cool moment. That is a. That's an awesome thing. I get it. He's building to the disappointment. So you know, Mm -hmm. wait, hold. So that's like one and a quarter. If we're rating out of five, that's one and a quarter stars right there. It's a good moment. It's great. Shawn Michaels theme song. So do I like this? Do I like Shawn Michaels a lot? Not really. But it's interesting the way you 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 point that out, like the perspective of the performance, staying a heel for a long time mm-hmm. and and then just confidently coming out to a song that like includes lyrics like they see me walk, <laughs> they hear me talk, okay, yeah, just a sexy boy. I'm like, yeah, that'd be tough not to like wink a little bit to the audience and go like, yeah, this is rate stupid. the rate the regular version and then rate the Vince version. Oh, Vince, the ra- regular version. <laughs> okay. Regular 
regular version, I'm going to get, you know, just because of the context. I don't know the Michael's song. Michael's singing his own theme. Yeah, I'm going to give it one and a quarter stars. Vince version, w- real Vin- or not. Vince, ver- Vince version of a billion. <laughs> a full, okay, great. A Good. full billion. Right. Just because I want, imagine Vince McMahon in a recording. Yeah. Like, what would that be like? Yeah, just roll it. I'm ready. Yeah. Like, what is that like? Going? I got to <laughs> talk into this. Yeah, I got to talk into this. <laughs> I've never seen one of these before. Uh, then you have, then you have the Ric Flair, what dreams uh-huh. are made of speech. This is really interesting because you have like he is he is dynamic in this. It's it's fun to watch him. He is super talented on the mic. He's one of those people I think is clearly unstoppable in a way. Also, it just occurred to me when we were talking about the the mankind thing. Hold these alligators down. He's talking about Florida. I assumed he meant literal alligators, but thinking about, it, I was looking at your shoes. Did he mean like his sh- shoes, like alligator boots? Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, st- I think I get it less now. <laughs> I feel like I get that promo less now. What does it mean to hold these alligators down? Like he's having trouble holding these alligators. It's, he's having trouble. He's having trouble not stomping a mud hole in his ass. Oh, yeah. I get. It. Oh, that, kicking ooh. the shit out of him. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah. A lot of metaphors. One and a quarter stars. Yeah, dude, that's fuck great. Off. That's great. That's one and a quarter stars. <laughs> that's great. All right, whatever. Uh, wait, what? Uh, one and a quarter. A- I'm I'm rating each piece. What? Piece, it's out of five, right? Each clip, it's worth five. So each piece is up so to worth a one and a quarter to toward the last one. Yeah. Right oh. now, I'm at 3.75 out of five. I haven't oh, checked out the last clip. This is clip. a horseshit way to do this it. This is the only way to do Just it. The last the fives clip. and call it a collective five. They're all fives, collective fives. Right, there you whatever. go. It's a five. And the Undertaker of Mankind, and we've talked Obviously, about it. Obviously, we've said this. It's a five. These are all fives. Okay, this great. is a five. This is a 15. We forgot to actually say what scale we were rating on. I would say, mm-hmm. let's rate it on a scale of five, come my pussies. We'll just do it attractive guys. No, attractive no, no, guys. no, no, no. It's all right. Come- Fine. That'll, that'll be written in text on boardwalkaudio.com. <laughs> on a scale of five, come my, my pussies. Yeah, that's right. So I think this she is She said it, not us. I think these clips are a five, come in my pussies. Yeah. <laughs> I can't not Take say that. Yeah, it's the same. It's the I don't same. Think so, uh, you ever hear a lady say that in bed to you? Oh, so wait, so I guess in a way, this is like a perfect. We did gave this a fifteen out of fifteen. This is a fifteen out of fifteen. This is a perfect. Holy uh, shit! Set of clips. This think Steven's coming around. It's interesting. You know, I I think you really your perspective on it. Let I I feel like I can buy into that. I feel like I can. Everything you presented, great. If I had to watch all this wrestling <laughs> thing, is like that surrounds like surrounds the this, stories. I'd be like. Fuck this! This is all awful. Interesting, but you, you 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 hit a perfect sweet spot. And I'm like, yeah, I have to agree. They're great performers. They do something really special there. Wow, it's a five. I'm not going to argue Adrian with that. Figured out an angle here. He figured out the angle, and no other future guest can exploit that angle. You have to be more creative than Ronnie's scattershot approach. <laughs> to be fair, you booked this episode with Ronnie. I Ronnie so sent I, me these I still clips. get my shot to be able to do a version of this. Right. No, okay, fine. All That's right. fine. Ronnie. Ronnie sent me these clips just super like usually we get them about early in the week we booked this one late but like ronnie sent these yesterday i didn't really have a chance to look <laughs> at them or like organize them in any thought and i was like okay yeah we'll see what happens and i'm like yeah i get it you've convinced me on all these you did great wow it's yeah. incredible huh? you're still, the first still hates wrestling though still, still, he's gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. he's gonna oh, hate yeah, 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 yeah. we'll find out at the we'll, end of the episode that's, when i ask him <laughs> we'll that's find how out it always ends uh well ronnie thank you very much for being on the yeah, show man. incredible guest i mean these were great clips Thanks these for are all great out, I'm is glad, there anything that you want to share or plug? With yeah, our any, listening anything audience? you want to plug? Shows, gigs, acts, TV, 
podcast things and where can we find you on social media um, do them all uh <laughs> it's a uh, lot oh uh, well it's not necessarily that. well <laughs> um like um i've said before on things like this i do have a twitter i'm never on it so you don't have to find me <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't find him folks. um <laughs> you can follow me on instagram if you want like i put up some cool pictures uh you know my name is ronnie adrian i don't know what my instagram tag is uh, oh it, i do know it's bones adrian bones adrian b-o-n-e-s adrian a-d-r-i-a-n um so if you want to do that that's all cool um uh, uh, I'm do improv shows all around town. I got a team white women, uh, all you around town. I don't know who. Show? I mean, I don't even know who. Like, this seems such a like a global thing. I don't even know mm-hmm. who. That's all right. Who, who who's listening to this thing? But it's all over. We're so pretty strong. Media, I mean, Los Angeles yeah. listening. You know, if you're ever in LA, uh, you know, like I do improv shows. I have a show Tuesday night Thunder Tuesday night at the place called the Clubhouse here in LA. Mm-hmm. So I'm every Tuesday at eight. Yeah. Um, I have a show with the uh, my sketch improv team. We're called White Women. It's every second Friday at UCB Sunset at 10.30s. Um, you know, Harrow Night, which is on a Monday here at the UCB Theater. Uh, Cage Match, which is at 11 o'clock here on, <laughs> mm-hmm. at, at UCB Theater on a Wednesday. Like, White that Women just do a show with Reggie Watts? We just did one. That's amazing. Yeah, we just did a show with Reggie Watts um, uh, this past Friday. Um, That's so cool. It comes out. Um, and Ooh. like, um, and it was great. He was really funny. He was really fun. Just an all-around nice guy. And it was a really fun show. People really liked it. So Sweet. yeah, we did that type of stuff. So just look up Ronnie Adrian, UCB <laughs> Theater, or just in general. Maybe by that point, if you ever do look me up, I'll be like further along in my success. So you can see me on something on screen or something. <laughs> further along in know. your usage of Twitter success. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's great. I don't yeah. know. I don't think I'm ever going. I don't think I'm ever going to turn around to Twitter just because like. It's such a hub for people to shit on you. Oh, it's totally. <laughs> and like, totally. And, and like, it's a shit hub. It's and, a shit hub. And like, and I don't know, like, me getting into it, A, I would feel silly because I'm so late getting into something like Twitter. But then also, <laughs> like, I don't think I have the fortitude to kind of like, because it's just too fast for me. Like, and, and so, like, <laughs> once again, coming back to like this wrestling thing, like, I don't have the, I don't think I have the skin tough enough to be able to, with, stand the barrage of hate whether if it's real or not that you get on Twitter. <laughs> How I, much hate are you getting on Twitter day to day, Nick? Zero. Yeah, right? Like, People love me. Every now and then I'll like get some like, I'll comment on like a retweet something like a liberal, very liberal person does and then I immediately get called like a dirty Jew by some conservative <laughs> person. But that really? only, yeah. That, well, my, and from, are, are these from podcast listeners? No, or no, just no. Like a random like pers- it's, they attack me personally. Okay, alright. <laughs> Which is nice. Wow. Leave the podcast alone. But I feel like that's like maybe like two or three a year mm-hmm. so i'm like uh, yeah, i feel like okay. you're worried yeah, sure. about i feel like you're worried about something that isn't there but I you know mean, what stay out i, I mean i've you gotten know, a couple of those I you know steven I, I wish i could agree with you but i'm telling you right now people have no problems immediately like disagreeing with you as a black person yeah and then immediately trying to say the most hurtful thing that they can <laughs> oh, say to you yeah like people who like in a regular day you probably would see them and they're just like they yeah. feel similarly normal will be like oh boy <laughs> in bombs, banana references, oh, hard no. gorilla pics, like all this type of stuff. When you're just like, what? Like, I, it's so crazy because it's at this point where, like, it's so over the top yeah. where you're going, like, where you almost can't be offended by it, so to speak. <laughs> As a comedian, like, obviously, like, in that regard, I'm like, it's, it's so crazy and like, <laughs> stupid. Like, I can't be offended just by respond it. respond, like, hey, dude, cool parody hate account. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, it's Rest so, your game like, a little. It's so crazy, but even. <laughs> (laughs) still it is like 
you know, like even like with this Reggie Wise thing, like we'll say like somebody put a uh, he put up a picture on Instagram being like just the funniest guys, and even then it's like there was you know like a couple people that were just like oh you know like these like these guys aren't funnier than blank black people aren't funny blah, blah, blah. like it's and it's so it is like this kind of thing where it is like so it's not necessarily to the extreme right but it's that thing just being like i think twitter gives you that opportunity to, to kind of like welcome in the yeah. people who are just like you know what it's time to go better to do nothing better to do which those people shouldn't affect what you do right yeah so yeah. yeah but for some reason there's because their negativity is, is negativity is so loud yeah that it's like you you have even though you're like shrugging it off it's not like you can't hear it like yeah. you still hear it right and you have to choose to kind of let it go by the wayside Jeez, so ronnie's, very tough for me ronnie's plug is stop being racist please that sounds Come awful on, people uh, jesus you know fuck. i don't know if anybody's ever said this but white people have it so easy <laughs> uh, do they it's true it's this true news. <laughs> i mean if you hate on a white person like people hate on white people all the time it's not even but it's it's I don't know. It's so less damaging. It oh, feels like you know what right. I was gonna say. You said like wrestling is like white people's way out. Like, like I feel like I feel like the 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 narrative on that is like the way to struggle out of poverty, especially for uh, black people, is is through things that are hard or like uh, very. Uh, giving up your body in a way like mm-hmm. football or whatever those are things that come up but like I, you said like white people through for wrestling i'm like it's just being a firefighter which is the easiest job in the world <laughs> like you just roll up to the, the fire station and be like i will sleep here firefighter easiest job in the world you get over you get the paid easiest job yeah. in the world you, do, you work like three day straight shifts you get paid overtime for that you're making as much as somebody who works 40 hours a week you do three days you take four days off okay. and you, get, you retire at like 40 and get paid right. for the rest of your okay, fucking hold life on. It's the easiest job in the world. I'm sounds, shooting on fire. No, hold on. All like that guess. sounds great. You're leaving out the part where you forget that they walk into fire. Once a, they like walk once in, a month. I don't care. No, they walk into the buildings. No, they're, climbing, they're climbing ladders, it's going so into buildings that are on ladders. fucking fire. I climb ladders. Saving in my own people. Apartment. Breathing <laughs> in saving people. Smoke and oh death. Oh my god. They're not there. They have the easiest job Steven in the shooting on fire I I truly believe that i'm like firefighters it's a bullshit job enjoy the best pay in the world they're not saints guys all right look watch wrestling (laughs) don't be racist and support firefighters (laughs) steven fuck that what the hell (laughs) all right steven says that until the moment where he has to be saved out of a building and then he's like firefighters please save me no fires are down fires have been going down every year because of more flame retardant (laughs) building material they are they are they're going to be extinct soon and they'll still be around getting paid way too much fucking money seven <laughs> firefighters are going to be standing on the sidewalk like no steven we heard your podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. hey that's that jerk from that podcast i like <laughs> no. no fuck you dude no they're gonna no, go that's gr- that joke no, from the podcast don't save him, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't save him griggs it's all right late. nick let's bring it to a let's close ask me the question ronnie adrian thank you so much for coming again man no thank oh, you that was great we enjoyed it oh christ <laughs> now we've reached the end of the episode where i have to ask steven yeah officially so it can be on the record <sighs> steven yep you firefighter hating <laughs> idiot <laughs> do you love wrestling i don't but you really did give me a good uh perspective that i'm gonna try to take this into with a more positive performance-based frame of mind in future matches see if i can 
if I can try to find a way to like it. Interesting. I don't okay. think it's going to happen. But well, you you say fives that we got fives today, but I don't believe you. Five. I don't really believe your fives. Fair enough. Guys, we're going to end the episode now once again with Vince McMahon singing Attractive Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can find us at YSLW Podcast. Or if you have match suggestions or questions, shoot us an email at youshouldlovewrestling at gmail.com. Joey, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Joey Tainman. And you can listen to my other podcast, 25 Minutes of Silence, which is a podcast where guests and I sit in silence for 25 minutes, also on Boardwalk Audio. Nick, where can we find you on social media? Oh, guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Gligger, G-L-I-G-O-R. What about you, Stephen? You can find me all across the internet at Pearlstein. Be sure and like, subscribe, and give us a review on iTunes. Give us that five-star rating. Write some nice comments. Maybe we'll read them on the air. Thanks for listening to You Should Love Wrestling. Guys, we will catch you next time. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.